You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule. Hey, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Renewed You podcast. I am your host, John Yule, and I am so glad that you are with us today as we continue our journey to learning how we can change our life when we change the way we think, when we change our physical body, and man, when we get in touch with the God who created us. And today's, I'm excited about today's broadcast is going to be great. I have got one of my best friends in the entire world hanging out with me today. He's our co-host, Jeremy Griffin. Hey, Jay. Hey, what's up? Come on, man. Be more excited. I'm sorry. I'm so tunnel visioned on your intro. Why? Because it's iconic and I don't think you even know it. I love it. Not, Not that part of the intro, like your physical, like your talking part. Oh, like what you, the very first thing you said, do you remember what you said? I said, Hey, 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 Hey. Yeah. It's actually three of them. And it was reminding me of <laughs> oh, so now you're calling me Fat Albert. No, I'm just saying it's iconic, and I just went to that. It's like, hey there, Mush Mouth. You know? <laughs> that would be Toby baby. As you can see, I'm like Rodney Dangerfield around here, man. I got no, no respect. respect. You know, So uh, I love hanging out with you, man, and uh, I'm so glad you're in my life. And uh, I have a young lady that I'm excited for you guys to meet that actually I'm getting to know her. Because of you. Yeah. I mean, you're the one who told me about her. The great networker. She is. <laughs> no, and, I am. Oh, you are. Golly. Dude, I'm focused. Whatever. On- <laughs> no, she's cool too. <laughs> she is. And um, in fact, I'm going to let you introduce her. How about that? All right. Go. Um, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together <laughs> for Danielle Rush. Yeah. <laughs> That was the Kermit the Frog. Man, you're like, you're just floating through the 80s like kids Dude, shows. I'm on today, man. Remember Kermit? He'd always Dude, go, yeah. Yeah. and he'd just flap his little hands together. Anyway, I love Kermit. <laughs> and what was his song he sang while he was on the, on the, the rowboat? Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection. I'm not Let's doing don't. It. Okay. <laughs> there was a moment. You knew yeah, it was coming, yeah, and I was like, was. no. Hey, Danelle, thanks for, for joining us on this crazy podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. It's always fun. Especially when he's around. Oh, yeah, well, when, with you two together, it, it's really fun. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, yeah, I guess. Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> this, is a, this is a comedy team from Great Britain. Well, Danelle, it is really good to have you today, and um, I'm getting to know you a little bit better. Um, I know that Jeremy has a relationship with you, and you've really kind of helped him, and we all know that Jeremy needs a lot of help. Yeah. So It's I, more of a team effort, too. I'm not going to lie. I mean... <laughs> It, it, they don't work together as a team, but there's a whole team. There's a whole team. I, you guys probably consult, don't you? Um, I mean, we can't you tell can't our You can't talk secrets, about it. I understand. You know? That's fine. <laughs> Very concerted effort. But, Danelle, you have um, a business that you're you're doing now. It's kind of a consulting kind of thing for you, not the other people you consult with, but for you. And um, you really are great at helping people kind of figure things out um, in, their, in their heart visions that they're having and you know that's what you're doing for me and um why don't you just take a minute and tell everybody about your business about your website or whatever just give them a little bit of snapshot about what you're doing so my business is 3e coaching and it comes from the foundation of three words encourage equip and empower and so 3e coaching encourages and equips and empowers people to move forward And so sometimes we just kind of get stuck, but we have these ideas, these dreams, these passions, these things that are deep on our heart. We're just not quite sure how to make them happen. Um, So through principles and strategies from those three E's, uh, we help you figure those things out, pull them out of you and get you back moving again. This is one of the things I... I, uh, when, when Danielle and I worked together at a church, she was a next gen pastor as worship pastor. And, and, uh, <clears throat> I went to her and I said, Hey, I had this idea. Like I was feeling led to, to raise up, like minister to the next generation of leaders. She was the next gen pastor, which included kids, young adults and, um, youth. So what, basically everybody under the age of 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so really you know, at the time, what the church needed, the, the, a lot of the focus was on kids and youth. And 
next gen was happening they had small group and stuff but for me it was totally disconnected i was really looking at raising up the next generation of leaders in the church and uh not talking about leaders like pastors but actual people who go to church who are leaders yeah (laughs) right and so i went to her and i said i had this idea and i mean she's next gen pastor i'm like are you okay with this you know she said well yeah let's talk about it and and this is really where I discovered who she was, like this gift set. Um, and it helped me so much because I have lots of dreams and visions and and I tend to, like, I just go, Yeah, you know, I just go and try it and do it. But sometimes um, things are just hard to collate. <laughs> you know, you have a bunch of thoughts, like in software, like on uh, iPad and stuff, we use mind mapping software sometimes to do it. But what was awesome is I sit down with Danelle and she just would start asking me questions, right? And so I'm like, uh, I don't know. A lot of times I didn't know the answer, but I, it was good because it made me think about it. And she really got to the heart of what's driving me, you know? Like, for example, my life vision, like really what I live to do is to develop people, to help people find and fulfill their God-given destiny, to help them dive into and and realize that there's something greater than what they already think they are. Mm-hmm. And... uh <clears throat> It took me like, like I would do that in my life, but her asking me those questions brought that focus. And um, somebody asked me, it's like, how do you sum up what Danelle brings to the table in any leadership environment? And I'm like, sum it up. I don't even know how to sum it up. All I know is this. I know that I am radically more efficient and subsequently more effective because of her contribution to to my life and helping me zero in. Because what happens, and I don't mean to be talking for you this whole time, Deno. No, you're great. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what happens is that we end up, you know, majoring on the minors in our own personal lives right. because of what society is driven or, or even just the overall cultural expectation of just saying, hey, uh, you got to do this or you got to do that. And it's like, man, if that doesn't fit in your wheelhouse, just stop. And giving you the permission and the freedom to do that, what does it do? We have a finite amount of time and energy. And if we spend that time and energy on things that don't matter, that are not really what we're, when I say don't matter, they don't, they're not what we're designed to do. We're wasting it. But if we spend that time and energy on the things we are made to do, which we first have to figure out, and that's where Danelle comes in, (laughs) um, and the strategies of how to put that time and energy in then all of a sudden we become incredibly effective. And I, I'm reminded of the book, The Seven Habits of a Highly Effective Leader. Like I would say, you know, Danelle's time in, in, in counseling and coaching and whatever, whatever we describe this as, I know it's coaching is the title, but um, I think every word we attach to what Danelle, that you do is reductive. I think yeah. it's so far mo- more reaching than what any word can sum up. And I know for me personally, like it's, it's a huge asset to have her in my life, even if it's just a, you know, a random call. And that's the cool thing. She's so, listen to the Holy Spirit, man. I was sitting yeah. there and she, she's like, hey, I just wanted to call you and check on you. And, and it's like perfect timing. She clears up all sorts of things and I didn't even know I needed to clear it up. So anyway. Well, <laughs> as you can tell, today is going to, we're going to really talk about leadership and how does this apply in the area of renewing ourselves? Because if we can't learn to lead ourselves well, we will never lead others well. Um, Your leadership capacity with other people is directly proportionate to your ability to lead yourself. And you're never going to change your life, whether it's losing weight. Dude, you got to learn how to lead yourself if you're going to do it. If it's getting healthy mentally. Why did you look at me when when you said that? uh, Dude, you're the one that looked at me and called me Fat Albert. But look, (laughs) whether it is whatever you want to do in your life involves leading yourself. And in just the time that I've spent with you, Danelle, um, after hearing a lot from Jeremy, um, I learned just really, really quickly that I've spent a lot of my time trying to lead myself by myself and I, I didn't really understand some things. And so I think it's valuable to bring other people into your life that you can just kind of dump everything out and let them kind of help you sift through and categorize your ideas. And it's amazing kind of the things that you'll see. So before we get into the practice of what you do and, and some ideas on how we can all lead ourselves. Jeremy's giving you a great plug. I mean, I think we've got several commercials uh, for you already right here. Yeah. Testimonials. Um, take a few moments and tell everybody about this amazing person, you, where you came from and what your background is. So uh, where, I, uh, where I came from, um, 
Well, let's, we can go back. I graduated high school in South Dakota and then I went to college in Kansas, uh, went to college for a completely different career. Um, it was telecom, didn't work out. Uh, when I graduated, the industry collapsed, nobody was getting jobs. And so I was just hanging out in Kansas, waiting for the industry to pick up, was working at Walmart. Um, it, it was, it wasn't working out. I, I was actually getting lost and started going into the partying world and trying to find acceptance in that way and reached a place where there was just no, there was no value in that. And I wanted to be rescued and taken from there. So I hadn't grown up in church. I had a um, great family that would take me to church every now and then. Um, so I, I knew of a God, but didn't really know God. But in that moment, I was laying in bed, just sick of it all. And I said, you know, if you're out there, if you're real, will you rescue me? Um, and he did. So I had a family member out in Indiana um, reach out and said that I could move out there. And I was like, yes, like fresh start. Let's start over and see if I can get a job out there. Uh, so I went and stayed with them and there was different family members that I stayed with. But one of them in particular was my grandma and she, um, she was just the, the perfect visual of Jesus's love. And it wasn't that, um, she was dragging me to church or, um, even, you know, shoving scripture in my face or anything. She was just the visual of it and everything that she did, it naturally flowed out of her. Uh, and it was, a a new experience for me because you could truly see that it was unconditional. Um, she never expected anything from me, never wanted anything from me. What she wanted was just for me to let her love me. And she did it so well. So through that, um, love that she was giving, it did entice me to know a little bit more about Jesus. So I started asking her questions and we would have times where we would sit down together and she would answer those questions. Um, she would show me things in the Bible. She would tell me stories about the Bible. Um, and that's where I started learning about this Jesus guy. And it, I first saw it in her and then through her, I was able to learn more about him. Um, and that's where I began. Uh, my relationship with Christ was, was there. And then in that, I met my husband. So I had this friend up in Chicago and I was staying in South Bend, Indiana. And so you could take the train up to Chicago. And so I'd go up and see her and we were going out for my birthday and she invited this guy and I was like, Oh, he's kind of cute. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we all went out, we went down to Navy pier and there's a fireworks show at the end of the day. And we went and set, um, I wanted to set actual my, or virtual both. <laughs> oh, virtual, uh, virtual. <laughs> uh, yeah. I definitely think there was some virtual fireworks. Fans, <laughs> so we, I wanted to sit by the water to watch the reflection of the fireworks off of the water. Uh, but the rest of the people that were with us were like, no, I just imagined Mike going, I want to sit by the water to watch the reflection of the fireworks in your eyes. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> so what did he do? So I went and sat by the water anyways, and he came and sat beside me. Fireworks! Fireworks. <laughs> oh, man. What they, a were they were happening. Yeah. Um, so uh, we started dating, and it was great. He he was a wonderful guy. He treated me well. Um, but I was starting over, and I had nothing. I didn't even have a car. I, I didn't have a place. I, didn't, I was living out of a suitcase in my grandma's best basement, and this dude liked me. And I mean, what did I have to offer him? I mean, I had nothing. And so I tried to push him away. He wouldn't let me. Um, he wanted to take me out on an actual first date. Uh, I tried to get out of it. And next thing I know, he's driving to Indiana with a friend of his to come pick me up, to take me to Chicago, to take me out on a first date. Giordano's? Did I what? Sorry. Did you go to Giordano's? <laughs> no. You know, the whole, whole time we don't lived there, say, we never Don't even say no. that. Oh, I know. I'm like going to mail order one. You know, you can get them shipped Yes, here. you can. What? Yeah. He and I, I think we we talked about like splitting it. Yeah. Because you he, have to buy two. Yeah. It's ridiculously expensive, but $70. it doesn't matter. It's Giordano's. Wow. $70 for two Giordano's pizzas shipped to your door. So we are now, if you would like some real pizza, <laughs> go to <Yeah>. Chicago. It's going to happen. So anyway, so he, he drives, get this. Where was he driving from though? Chicago. He was driving from Chicago to where? To South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. Yep. 
to take you on a date. Yeah. Back in Chicago. Back in Chicago. So he's round tripping it. Oh, he's round tripping. Yeah. But and then dropping you back off. He's round tripping yeah, it twice. They dropped me back off wow. afterwards. Yeah. Dang. And what? So I mean, how how did that feel when you were in this? Uh, let's jump back a little bit. You talked about being in a low place and kind of a a partying atmosphere, which just knowing you sounds completely foreign to who you are. I mean, you're a happy person. You have a spark about you, an energy about you. So to hear you talk about being in a place that dark, that's hard to imagine. I mean, what was going on at that point in your life? I was just lost. Um, I was just that lost sheep out there trying to find anything to keep me going, to help me survive. Um, and now, you, you don't mean just spiritually. You were just literally lost. Yeah, literally lost. You know, I had spent two years going to college to do this career that was going to be awesome. It was going to take me traveling. It was going to be great money. And all of that ended. And there was nothing. And I, I had no idea what to do, where to go, um, or anything. You know, I don't know it now, but then it was an identity crisis. Like, yeah. my identity was in this job to make life happen for me, and it ended. And so what did I have? I had nothing. And I think there's a lot of people listening today that that is probably exactly where they are, especially as we're on now starting the backside of the whole COVID issue yeah. in America. There's a lot of people, man, that their identity has been wrapped up in their job, in the things that they've done. And I'm one of these weird people. I look at all of this and I'm going, God, this is amazing what you're doing. I mean, you're making families spend time together. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad thing. You're refocusing us away from viewing our, ourselves based on what we do when you're trying to teach us that our value is in who we are to you. Uh, so so you're in this lost place. You're looking for um, a direction. And maybe there's some of you today that you're listening right now and you've lost your job. And maybe you feel like, man, I don't know where I'm going. Well, I want you to listen really closely as she continues to tell her story, because within her story are some keys how you and I can find some direction for our life. So you're in a dark place. You change everything in your life. You go to Chicago, fireworks with a guy uh, <laughs> sitting there at Navy Pier, and uh, he starts going out of his way. I mean, every time you talk about your husband, who I've never met, the dude has got to like not be real. I mean- you make him sound like he's some freaking Prince Charming or something, you know? Is he really this good? Uh, I mean, Jeremy, I, I you like met him. him. I wish, I I wish him. all of you could see the grin on this woman's face right about now, you know? Mike's awesome, dude. So he, he's, a, he's a blast. So he starts, he's doing this dating thing, going out of his way mm -hmm. to let a young lady who's trying to rebuild her life living in the basement of a, of a family member's We got to sing it if house. we're saying it again. Living in a basement of my grandma's house. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so you're there. Should have been more country. That's you're, my bad. You're there, and this guy is coming around communicating value to you. Yeah. Yeah. Communicating love, you know, and it was, and it was another um, visual of unconditional love. Like, I knew I had nothing to give, but this guy gave everything um, to me. Um, out of love and expecting nothing in return. Hmm. So how did the relationship develop from there? So, um, of course, we dated for quite a while after that, and it, it definitely led us into getting married. So we moved in the company. He was actually in telecom working for a job there in Chicago. And so I always say I went to college for telecom, never got a job, but I got a husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so his company uh, transferred him to Oklahoma, which is where he's originally from. So this guy from Oklahoma and this girl from Kansas uh, meet in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Likely story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something right off of a TV script or right? Apple TV show or something. Um, and so I, as, as a, you know, when I tell that story and look back, you could just see how, you know, God, I mean, that had to be a perfect, perfectly orchestrated by God to, to make that happen, to align at the right times to come together, you know, and you can see his hand all over it, you know, but when, when you're in it, in the middle of it, you, you, you don't maybe see the things that are happening, but you, you start to feel the things that are happening. So anyway, we moved up back to Oklahoma and we got married and we have two kids. And in July, we will celebrate 16 years of marriage. Fantastic. And is, is there still fireworks? There's still fireworks. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All the time. Well, dude, whatever you've done, man, keep it going because the fireworks are still there, and, and and that's fantastic. So you moved back to Oklahoma, and then uh, w- w- what did you do? I mean, you had to get a job or something. So yes, well, so we could go back to Chicago, and I, you know, I couldn't get a job, but I had family that told me all the time that you're great with kids. And so I went into childcare and thinking it would be a temporary job and started with this um, great childcare company up in Chicago. They were wonderful. And they started training me um, in childcare. And that's where I began um, child development and learning about child development and all that. So when we come to Oklahoma, um, I'm still working in childcare. But I get pregnant, we have our first child, and I decide to stay home. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a little while doing that, and which is a, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great work, a lot of beneficial work. Um, so I stay at home for a, a while, and then I needed to go back to work. And we were we had moved from Cushing, Oklahoma, and he was transferred out here into near the city of Oklahoma and when we started attending this church and they were opening a child care center and were needing a director and I stepped into that role as director never loved it though like I, ne- I never had this um passion for it it you know it was it was a job and that was it and I knew it wasn't for me um and I should have been grateful for it um cuz it was part of a church it was a great job. I was able to uh, have my children there with me in the daycare, but it was just never settled with me. It was never okay. Uh, then they were looking for a children's um, ministry director, and I um, jumped over into that and fell in love with that. And it was definitely where I was meant to be with that. So you get involved in, in kids' uh, education and ministry and, and things like that. Um which I think is amazing. I think you're obviously a great mom um, and obviously great with kids, but you know, some people, they don't value, I think uh, people that invest in children. It's almost like we look at whether it's children's ministry in a church or whatever as well, that's daycare, you know, you're just taking care of them when really you're communicating one of the most important values that a kid can ever get. And that's love. Yeah. Um, and acceptance and care. And, um, I walk around even on the weekends here, at, here at new life uh, where I'm at. And I just try to remind those that are working with the kids that this might be some kids first hug they've gotten in a week. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what just your kindness is going to do to somebody. So thank you for investing in kids. And we need a lot more Danielle's. Who's that? Investing, Danelle's <laughs> investing in in uh, kids. You know? I know a Danielle who is also an invest investing kids in another church. Oh, really? So I think Danelle's, Danielle's, there and yeah. Carlos, all of those are great. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so you invest in kids. How did you make the transition from kids and working in church to life what coaching? I'm doing now. Yeah. So when I got into kids ministry, I had no idea what I was doing absolutely no clue. Uh, I had a child development background. That was it. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't even know the books of the Bible song. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know the books of the Bible song. Good. Neither do I. Okay, good. <laughs> I know them as a rap. I learned the books of the Bible wow. as a rap. Well, that's your generation, Johnny's. Just... Dude, come on, man. I can do, say Are you really going to rap it for no. us? No. Oh. Give me the say... first 12. In the rap format. In the rap format? Yeah. You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Prophets, Ecclesiastes, Psalm, Psalm, and Isaiah, Jeremiah, yeah. Lamentations, Ezekiel. Yeah, we Ezekiel! <laughs> yeah. I was about to be your hype man, bro. <laughs> We need to record that and give it to the kids' pastors so they can play it, right? <laughs> Just make it simple. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't know the books of the Bible, but yet you're involved in ministry. I so. am. I am. And so I had had to figure this thing out, right? And I went to this conference in Texas, and I'm going to name drop. Can we name drop? Yeah. It as better as we, be a good name. As long as we don't have to pay them royalties. <laughs> no. Not on the Stream Grace Network. Okay. Wait, let me say that again. The, Stream Grace, Grace Network. Network. Okay, go ahead. 
So I'm at this conference and there's this lady um, speaking on the main stage and her name is Allison Evans and she is the next gym pastor at Life Church. And I'm listening to her story. And, you know, sometimes when you, you hear people's stories, you just sink into it. Right. And I, I mean, I was just drawn to it. I was sinking into it. And she had this um, breakout. And so I went to her breakout and, and just there was just more, you know, that I was just relating to. And she had a background, too, of not necessarily growing up in church and being in this role. And so I want I wanted to, you know, dig deeper with her and get to know her better. And so I was that uh, weirdo afterwards that went up to her after the breakup breakout was completed. And I was like, Hey, you know, I know you're from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. Can um, we have coffee sometime? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she said, sure. uh, When you get back to Oklahoma, send me a message and we'll set up a time. You know, I honestly, I didn't think she would do it. And you Mm. know, she's, you know, the next gen pastor of Life Church, like she oversees all the next gen ministries for Life Church all over, you know? So why would she make time for me? Right. You know? Um, so I messaged her and she messaged right back and we set up a time and we met. And from then, um, I, there was just that connection. And I asked her, Hey, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you mentor me <laughs> in right. this? And she, she said, sure. Yeah. So from then we met, um, at least once a month, sometimes more than that over the years. And I would come to her with questions and I learned that, um, in order to get the right answers, I had to ask her the right questions and foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Uh, this so, is part of the story. I don't know. Sort of. I mean, I know some of this, but yeah, that's good. Sorry. But so pick up, pick, no, that's good. Pick up and let's say that one more time. What what was that point you just made? Um, in order to get the right answers, you have to ask the right questions. Okay. And so I, I learned to ask those questions. And so when we would meet, I would ask her questions. She would help me find the answers or give me the answers. I go back and that's how I learned how to do ministry. And really she was coaching me through this and she should have charged cause she would have made a killing off of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I will forever be grateful for her taking the time, um, every month for years to do that with me. And we have been friends ever since. Um, so that relationship has continued over the years. Uh, so in that, that's where I started learning how to do ministry well, while I was in ministry, I, people would come set my office or my favorite part was going to coffee shops and setting with volunteers and just talking with them. Mm-hmm. And here in, in those moments, they would share things with me, the obstacles that were happening in their life, the struggles, and they would just pour it out. But I didn't know how to help them. I wanted to help them. So I started digging into self-development, self-growth, counseling, thing, all those things to learn um, the answers that I could give them that would help them. And I would start doing that and they would keep coming. So I kept digging in that. And one time the pastor of the church I was working at was, um, going to a coaching training and he invited me to go along and I was like, yeah, sure. Still not even knowing like what is setting up for my life. And I go to this training and I loved it. I mean, I fell in love with it and it was great. And a lot of it was asking questions, right? So you would do these breakouts where you would partner with people and you would take them through the training and you would ask the questions like you're a coach, right? And at the end of the training, they voted on who was the best coach and they voted on me. Hmm. Still doesn't hit though. Still doesn't click, right? (laughs) Um, But I loved it and I wanted to do it more. And then it, it, you know, just kind of paused. So I kept doing that with volunteers, with families, with parents, with, um, people that I was leading. Um, and then I went over to Grace Church where I met Jeremy and had the opportunity to work with him on that project that he was working or talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And then it started clicking there too with him, like, Hey, this is something that is in me that Mm -hmm. I love that I'm good at. Um, and then after my time there at that church, I went back to the old church and they had that childcare center that I first started out 
and I um the director was leaving there and so they asked uh, me and another gal to come on board there and and help get that center um, back up to a good place and so kind of like a consulting role and so here I am back in that daycare and there's that feeling again like this isn't me this isn't what I'm supposed to do right, right. but I'm here for a season and so in that I, w- I just poured into teachers um, and and what they were doing helping them get you know the skills and stuff to run their classrooms better and all those things which side note I teach child development at a Votech and so they're child care teachers that come to my class to get their um, certificate to become master teachers in these child care centers so it was just another opportunity kind of an extension there yeah yeah so that came to an end Um, I knew the Lord was telling me that that's done something new is coming and I stepped out of that and it and it was kind of a high stressful job at at that point um and I hadn't realized while I was in it that I was kind of dealing with some things in myself from just over the years and they were starting to stack up so when I stepped out of that job and everything stopped um and I wasn't working or anything I I heard I hit this weird phase I guess in my life that I didn't know what it was or what was going on and um it was kind of like another low for me and it was difficult and I didn't understand it and so I kind of I guess you would say I, I became depressed I was weepy I was exhausted um I had to be honest probably some bitterness going on there was some anxiety and I, I went into self-isolation and couldn't figure out what it was and I just felt like I was drowning but I couldn't come up for air hmm. so I um, found a great Christian counselor and reached out to him and started meeting with him and found out that I was dealing with burnout yeah. And burnout is tough. It sucks. <laughs> it really does. And there's a, um, I know you and I have talked about it. I know Jeremy has actually read this book as well. It's, it's one that still is on my annual reading list. I read it every year. Uh, so I just want to let everyone know if you're struggling with burnout, as you're about to hear us talk about for the next few minutes, there's a fantastic book by a guy named Wayne Cordero. He pastors a church in Hawaii and it's called so rough, man. Oh yeah, I know, but it's called, <laughs> it's called leading on empty. And it's a story about how he faced burnout and almost cratered his entire life mm-hmm. um, and how God used it to bring him back and to renew his mind, his body and his spirit. And we'll put a link here in the description, but uh, maybe that book would benefit some of you. You can get it on Amazon. It's called leading on empty by Wayne Cordero. So burnout. That's a popular term that, that people have probably heard. Um, but what does burnout mean to you? And then, Jeremy, I want to toss it to you, too, because I know we've all three faced burnout. But what what would you add that burnout means to you? What what does burnout mean to you, um, Danelle? So, you know, I had heard of burnout, too. And Kerry Newhoff, um, he has a lot of blogs about burnout, and he personally went through burnout. And I would read his stuff, but I think, oh, no, that's not me. Right. And would deny it that that that's even happening to me. Um, but when I experienced it, it, it was similar to some of those things. But for me personally, um, like I said earlier, it was just this drowning feeling and I didn't feel like I could get air. Right. I I felt empty, maybe even a little lost. Um, and I, I was disconnected almost. I was disconnected kind of from the world. And even being present with my family, I, I couldn't bring myself to be present with the family. Um, and just super weepy. It was like uncontrollable, yeah. uncontrollable weepiness, right? Out of nowhere. Which is really weird. Like, I'm, you know, I've known, Den- man, we've known each other a long time now. Yeah. Anyway, I've known Danelle a long time and that's weird. <laughs> like, for I can just, her, I can for just her speak to be to that. weepy. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would, like, I don't know if I've only seen it once or twice maybe. And I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> but anyway. I know I know you went through oh, some gosh. burnout. So how would you describe it? Oh, I, I, it's weird. 
<laughs> that's how I describe. There it is. <laughs> no, I mean the thing. It's it, leading on empty is such an apropos title because that's really where burnout comes from, and you you do feel like you're just overwhelmed. And when you look objectively of what's going on, it doesn't logically make sense that you're overwhelmed. I mean, a lot of times you're overwhelmed amidst. I mean, Daniel, you're even talking about it like your responsibilities had minimized and obligations, but yet you're still feeling like you're drowning. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's interesting. I, I know for me where, because we were almost at exactly the same time going yeah. through it because I went on sabbatical and we got together for coffee and you were talking about what was going on with you. And I mean, we were like maybe a month apart. <laughs> yeah. I was just coming out of it and I think you were starting I was going, going through, into Yeah. Because I had been struggling with stuff for about six months and and knew it. So I recognized it because in 2010, I, I went through it. And for me, it looked like anxiety. And yeah. um, and I blamed my job at the time, which was externally a trigger, but that wasn't the root cause, right? So <clears throat> I, uh, when I quit that job and I took what I called, I started to write a book called My Accidental Sabbatical, just because it sounds cool. Uh, <laughs> I made it uh, two, two pages and then, then I stopped. Um, big guy on follow through, by the way. Um, so anyway, um, so I started getting those feelings again and I recognized that. And the first thing that went through my mind is, all right, different place, different group of people, same end result, problems me. Like I just, you know, I'm a objective enough, enough to be able to look at my own life and go, okay, I've said this to people all the time. Like if you have these repetitive problems and everything's changing, but you, maybe you are the problem. So I asked for a sabbatical and, uh, and in that time, I started just seeking out. So I, I scheduled to do a retreat. I went and sought out a counselor and I was ready to go. The good thing for me is I felt like I caught it early because I recognized what was going on. And uh, so I powered through stuff. But that anxiety that showed up, man, it's paralyzing. It is. It is. And it's like, golly, why? Am, and, and as a logical thinker, uh, God, it just makes you mad. You know, it just makes you mad. So... And you it's know. something that you can't even push through. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's just no logic to it. And it's just, it's weird. I don't know if we want to get into this side of it, but I'm like ready to transition into what I did about it. So I don't know. <laughs> you want me to wait? Well, it, well, no, what I'm, what I'm getting at is I think all of us, I know the three of us to varying degrees have gone through burnout. And I think that there are a lot of people listening that maybe don't even realize they're in burnout. But if you can't, here's how I would describe it. If you can't get mental clarity, yeah, that's probably, a, that is a sign of burnout. If, if you can't find an energy to start something that you love, that you were created to do, and it just, there's nothing there, that's burnout. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of us facing that. Um, but at least for me, the first time, which I've only gone through it once, but the first phase for me, the hardest part was learning that you, you don't get, you can get into burnout by yourself, but you cannot get out of it by yourself. No, you can't. And I spent so much time trying to convince myself that I can overcome this. This isn't, I'm not going to think this way. I was the whole positive affirmation person, you know, and, and whatever. And, um, luckily I had someone in my life who hadn't gone through burnout, but they had recognized kind of the symptoms. And, um, he just kind of got in my face one day and he said, you can't lead anybody cause you can't lead you and you got to learn how to lead you. And so I started making a list one day and decided, well, I can't get out of this by myself. And when, as soon as I invited a counselor into my life, things started to change because they were able to help me think through why I was in, why I was in the, the space that I was in and give me some tools, how to get out of it. Was that similar to you guys? Yeah, it was definitely for me. Once I started speaking with a counselor, uh, he helped me recognize um, some of the things that were maybe had caused and led up to burnout and um, the ways to to get through those things in, in a healthy way. And what I think the counselor did to me was gave me the tools yeah. to lead myself. Yep. It, you know, it's it wasn't that they were the ones that I got myself out of burnout. I learned how to fix the things that got me there. Yep. But I needed some tools that I didn't, I wasn't equipped for that trip. And um, I had to get somebody who could help equip me. Yeah, I, man, that the book really was powerful for me personally. I mean, I, it was it was the answer because he talks a lot about in that book about prioritizing. And, mm -hmm. and so for what happens for me is is that 
and this is what I want to talk about, like going, getting burnout isn't a matter in, in my case anyway, it wasn't a matter of, of letting your relationship with God get no. lax or anything like that. It had nothing to do with that. What it had to do with was in a way people pleasing. And I say in a way, cause I am, that's the last thing that people would use to describe me, I think. But, but I think it goes back to obligation. So, and, it, and this, I, I think also speaks to what Danelle does for us. Um, and that is like, I was doing a lot of things that was not what I was passionate about. And I've described this to people in the last six months, eight months, whatever it's been, I have never been busier in my life ever. And yet I am so laid back and comfortable in this space and not even approaching burnout because everything that I'm doing connects with my guttural passion and nothing I'm doing doesn't. And see, for someone who's known you, known of you for 20 years. He's known of me. I've known, no, no, no. <laughs> I know I've known of you for 20 years. And I mean, uh, people have heard, people that know us hear me talk about you in this fashion all the time. We don't talk about it on the podcast, but God connected us. Right, yeah. And it had nothing to do with what we're doing right now. I mean, uh, originally. Yeah. Um, And yet. I would not ever see you as someone who would struggle with burnout. What I do see is someone who consistently says no to things that don't fit their core passion, yeah. which is a key to staying out yeah. of burnout. Well, and this is the deal because I went, so I worked in church like as my full-time job since I was 19 years old, right? So there, I always tell people like you're, you're always going to do things when you're working in a church, there's plenty of things that you don't want to do, like that don't fit, yeah. but that's true of any job anywhere. And so there were times where I tried to mitigate that. I'm a, I'm a creative person. Um, I'm an innovative person. So if I get into a vein where I have to do the same monotonous thing all the time, I'm just never, that's going to kill me. Yeah. And so I found ways to mitigate that working in ministry. And as you said, most people saw that, you know, they saw me always doing something. My, I, I mean, I went to uh, the Green Shoe Retreat to deal with codependency. I didn't even know what any of those things meant, but I had a preliminary interview and they thought I was perfect for it. So I went and what I learned there is I had an addiction that I didn't know I had. I had an addiction to accomplishment, man, what a paradox, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with accomplishment, but if my, it wasn't even my value, it was my energy, if you will, my satisfaction came from getting things done. And that's not different today. I mean, it's really not. I have to manage it. And, I, and you know, it's it's more uh, practical for me now. I don't like set a clock or anything, but generally speaking, I mean, I'm done with my day by five, no matter what. And I just go into chill mode, you know? And if I've got a day where I know I'm going to be doing stuff in the evening, I pretty much chill for the first half of the day or whatever. But I think that it does go back to what you're passionate about and that can be confusing if you don't know what it is, which is, again, why it's so valuable exactly. that I met with Danelle, because you think you know what it is, right? We we want to put everything in these boxes. It's like, well, I'm passionate about kids. Well, I'm passionate about worship. Man, it's specific. Your passion yeah. is incredibly specific to you. I mean, think how, I mean, God is super creative. I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet right now, and there's been a lot more than that that has lived in the past. Sure. And every last one of us are different creative people. And so being able to zero in specifically and, and, you know, we're, to me, it's always refining. I mean, it's never like yeah. the end of it, but, but as we get closer to it and, and it makes sense, like you said, what you've seen with me just saying, no, I mean, I don't dabble in areas that I'm not called to, to be in. And what that looks like to most people is they'll say, well, he's really good at, you know, he's really talented or whatever, because whatever it is I'm doing is what I'm really right. gifted at. And you don't see me going out there trying to do things that don't fit my gift set. Right? Yeah. When it's your passion and your calling, it naturally comes from you. It's yeah. not this forced thing. And what you said about passion, um, passion is, is the huge part of it is it if, if you're not doing what you're passionate about, it drains you, it kills you and, and it can yeah. lead you to burnout. But so think about, you know, when I was telling the story about my husband and I dating, right. And I was glowing and I was lit up. Oh, she was glowing, man. <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Mike. Mike, let me tell you, dude, she still glows, man. 
She still got the fireworks, dude. <laughs> Kudos. Uh, Mike, if Mike even because Lori won't listen even. to my podcast, he listens. Mike yeah. listens. To yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, this is John Yule. We got to do coffee, man. <laughs> so anyway, fire. Continue. So when we're dating, right? Think about when you're dating somebody you love, right? There's that passion there and you're lit up, you're energized, right? You can't wait till you see them again. You'll stay up all night talking on the phone and you'll get up the next day and go to work. And yeah, maybe you're a little tired because you got like two hours of sleep, Um, but you're so full of energy in it, right? Because of that passion. It's the same thing when you're working in your passion. You're lit up about it. It energizes you. You look forward to the next day um, when you wake up to go do it again and you pop out of bed, right? And when you're in burnout, you don't do that. When you're not working in your passion, you don't do that. You already wake up tired. You're already dreading the day and it's just let me get through this so I can get to the weekend or let me get through this so I can get to the end of the day or to vacation. But when you're doing what you love, you're looking forward to what you're getting ready to do. Right. Because your passion actually fuels the gas tank of your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And um, when we're in... When we're in depletion mode, um, that that's where we 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 lose it. Um, when I talk to people, I'm a people person, so um, from the standpoint that, like, I get energized being around people. Me doing phone calls sucks the life out of me. Okay, because I don't have that physical eyeball connection with people. Um, but I, I talk to people all the time about: Have you ever been around any suckers? Because we all have them in our life people that literally you're with them and they suck the life right out of you and you walk out of those times and you're more exhausted yeah coming out well that's because whatever you were talking about or whoever that person is there's not this connection that refuels you but if we can discover our purpose like what you guys are saying then we learn the lanes that we need to operate in that'll fuel us so let's jump into something practical because my experience with you uh Danelle, that rocked my world recently. You, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I've not told you this yet, but where we talked about vision and I'm going into this thing like a lot of church leaders thinking when you're asking me questions about vision, I default to church. I default, default, default. I default. <laughs> That's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I default to the organization that I'm trying to lead or uh, or whatever. And it took me half of our time together um, for me to realize you were never talking about the vision of the organization. You were trying to help me figure out what is the vision and the purpose that God's called you to do personally. And that was eye-opening to me. I've told so many people about it. I'm running with ideas. I'm going to do some kind of an event before the end of the year because I think everybody needs to spend some time with you to figure out what is it specifically God has created you to do. And when you understand your vision, you know what God what what you'll learn, listener? You will learn the lanes of the highway of your life. And then if you stay in those, man, everything begins to make sense. And your vision is all tied to why God created yeah. you. And, and everything you do is about context. Right. So for me, my passion is developing people. A lot of people would say, well, you're passionate about worship. Well, I'm passionate about worship because I'm a believer (laughs) and I love God. And so I worship no different than anybody else. The part of me in worship leading is what it's developing those around me. If you look at the people who play with me, they are all for the most part. Historically, they are young or completely novice musicians that I want to help grow and not just grow them in music, grow them in their relationship with God. So that's the part that jazzes me up. So you, you know, I used to play, I had a band with all professionals, um, years ago and it was fun to play with them. It was not passion, you know, for me to do it, it it was own level of enjoyment, but I wasn't doing anything to develop these guys. I did have a, a level of being able to develop them spiritually, which was helpful, but, um, but I didn't really have the kind of influence in their life that allowed for me to speak too much into it. So, you know, I think that's the thing when, no matter what it is you're passionate about, that context is, is just kind of where you plug those passions in. I, I like playing paintball. Well, that's just the context. What I enjoy is being in relationships and helping people get closer to God. And I can do that in paintball. It's a, it's just, just the platform, you know, and right. I think we get caught up in trying to take our passion and make it the job or right. make it the thing. No, you've got to do your passion within the context that you're placed. 
And that's where you'll find your satisfaction yeah. always. It doesn't matter what job. If I, you could stick me in an office building, and as long as I could operate in my passion within that context, I would be content for my whole life. Yeah. Yep. So do you agree, though, that finding your, I mean, does it surprise you what I've just told you about our encounter? Yeah. I mean, it does surprise Why? me to hear it and, it. and it doesn't surprise me to hear it. Um, it's a it surprises me because we we just started yeah. <laughs> like we we're on like step far, one step one of one and, right in what we're doing and what it's already doing in you is incredible and you i mean i for me i know that's god's power like yeah you know it it's divine what is happening and then, and then that's exciting to me because what's gonna come out of this is gonna be awesome um well, it, it definitely has made me hungry to continue, but I cannot overemphasize. And maybe this whole thing today was, I've, I've been sitting here thinking on the other side of my brain. It's like, this is an entire infomercial for Danelle and she hasn't hardly got to say much of anything. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I th- this is the thing. It's not just an infomercial infomercial for her. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's an absolute untapped um, area of people's lives. I get passionate about it because what did I say earlier? What's my passion? Helping, Helping develop others. people. This is this is like this. I call it almost like a fast track. Like you're you're going to save yourself. You as far as energy and time. Like because uh, we didn't even talk about this. I you know I started Stream Grace Network back in September. Yep. Well, Danelle met with me on the regular in launching this and helping me refine and define. Um, and it was personal because that ministry is personal to me. Um, but that's the whole thing. Like, I guarantee you, without having that time with with her, I mean, I I would be delayed two years, maybe indefinitely in some areas. Um, so for me, that like, what a worthy investment. And I think everybody, it's like a head start. It's like, man, if you can sit down and figure those things out and start just doing, see, because it is our natural passion, you're gonna do well. Yeah. You're gonna right. do really well. But if you're, you got to find that and then you're not only going to do well, you're going to be so satisfied in it. Well, listen, you said, you said a statement I want to, I just want to kind of give my spin to. You said, if you can figure those things out. So listeners, listen, you'll never figure them out by yourself. You got to get somebody else who has a gifting to help you. So I'm a brainstormer. I love brainstorming. I'm a barnstormer in an aircraft. No, I'm not. Go ahead. I love mind mapping. I get it. Mind maps make complete sense to me. Let me tell you what you are, Danielle. You are a guided. You're like a tour guide through mind mapping. You're able to help people take this massive list of ideas where they can't even see the, the connections. They think they know what the connections are. And you're able to reorganize them into an even better, more complete picture to help reframe people's way of thinking about themselves and for what i'm saying you've already helped me reframe and understand how god's made me specifically and how that applies to everything else that i'm gonna do and um i want you to take us just for a minute don't give away any secrets and when we're done here we're going to give you the website and uh, where you can go and you can set up a time with danelle virtual even and she can coach you it would be worth your time and worth your financial investment just to get him get her into your life how how would be some ways if you were talking to someone who's facing burnout and they need to discover what their passion is how would you lead them through that without giving away any of your secrets? Okay. <laughs> um, if, I'll give away one secret. The biggest thing you need to start asking yourself is um, one specific question, and it's what do I want really, like truly? Like, and what, what do you mean? What do you want? Does that mean like I want financial independence? Maybe. Um, I want I want uh, a better relationship in my marriage. Yeah, maybe. So whatever the want is, just be able to verbalize it and be honest with yourself. Yes. So you've got to be honest with you with yourself, and you're gonna feel a pushback in being honest with yourself. Like, oh, maybe that's selfish, or oh, maybe that's not right. No, that is something that you need to pay attention to and get deeper into. And there's this thing that I call the real why, and I've done this with Jeremy. I think I mentioned it a little bit to you, but you, the real why means you have to get honest. And the reason why we want to do something is um, there's two reasons that we give. We give the why 
to people. We say whatever we say to the people, there's that why. What we don't tell people is our real why. And that is going to steer you no matter what, um, whether you're aware of it or not. So get honest with yourself and start asking, what do I really want? And everything kind of ties into that from yes. that point forward. Yep. There's a scripture I'll, I'll put along inside that, and it's God gives us the desires of our heart. Yep. And that scripture is often used to say, hey, I want this, so God's going to give it to me. No, the desire that's in your heart is God-given. God gives yes. you the desire that's in your heart. And so that's the number one way he leads us. It's the simplest, most normal. Like if you're God, wouldn't you, if you're going to lead Jeremy, <laughs> you're going to go, I'm going to give him a desire to do something. What a great way. Right. And exactly, that's, that's the yeah. reality. So as you, you can't to, to Danielle's point, you don't ignore that. And it does feel selfish, but when you get to the real why you it's, I, I am confident in saying it, it is never going to be selfishly motivated. The real why isn't selfish. But yeah. on the surface, it can feel that way. I talk about these things called desired results all the time. And it's, you know, that scripture, I, I reference that. That's perfect. And the way you talked about it was perfect. Um, but desire, the reason I say desire results is because the word desire in Latin means of the father. Mm. So here's here's how that's I play good. with that scripture. Because I had a unique encounter with it one time where we were in need of something specific for our family. And um, I was like anybody else, when you face hard times, what do most of us do? Wow, we suddenly figure out how to pray, don't we? We suddenly desire, I need to spend time with God. And that desire had already been there. And I was in this burnout phase and someone who is a leader in my life showed up at just the right moment. I mean, I was contemplating suicide. It was that dark. And this guy who lives in an entirely different nation, shows up unexplained, unexpected, surprised everybody, walks in and asks where I'm at and shows up banging on my door at just the time frame that I was alone in a dark, dark place. And he talked to me for just a few minutes, but he looked at me and he said, what was the last thing God told you to do? And I said, well, the Lord told me to pray. He said, then start praying. And so I started praying. And in that, I, I went through some things that, that we, we'll talk about in another podcast. But at one point, I heard God ask me, what do you want? Mm. And I remember looking up to the sky and saying, Lord, I've always been taught you'll give me my needs. You'll supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. But you never said you'll give me all my wants. And I've only heard the voice of God for myself about maybe six or seven times. This is one of those. And how you can know it's God is if you never forget it. <laughs> I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. And this is what he spoke into my heart. When I have all your heart, you'll have all my desires. Then I'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. So what do you want? And man, that just unlocks some stuff inside of me that even as we've been talking about vision for your own life has played right back into that. Um, and, and, uh, he did. He he answered the prayer in a miraculous way, and it was fantastic. And though we've got something that we still have to this day, it was that journey of, wow, I got to realize that that if if I have if he has all my heart, then I'm going to get his desires, and he's going to speak to me about things that he created me to do. And bringing someone like you into our lives and listeners, I'm telling you, you need to do this. Um, can really help us figure out how God has specifically designed us. Stop. I finally, I told someone this the other day, I had already been feeling this way for the last four months as we've made transitions and I'm in a new role and I'm having to figure all of that out. And man, for the longest time, Jeremy's kind of been here for that journey with me. I felt really overwhelmed and like, man, how do I do this? This is like way out of my skill set, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, man, ever since like January, maybe February, it's like, I'm completely comfortable with being me. It's like, okay, I'm not this person. I'm never going to be this person. I'm going to quit trying to be, I'm just going to be me. And then we have that time where you help me figure out my own vision statement for my own life. And it was like, ching, here we go. Gas on the flames. And now suddenly I'm finding myself even thinking through things going, okay, God, did you tell me to do that? Or is that just what I'm wanting to do? Because if we're not careful, we all default to what's comfortable based on what we know when we're stressed. Um, and so we've been talking to Danelle Rush today. Uh, Danelle, tell them one more time the name of your company. 
3E Coaching. 3E Coaching. And uh, where can they find out more information on you? You can go to my website at danellrush.com and let me just spell my name so there's not an I in it. <laughs> D-A-N-E-L-L-E rush.com. And they can find out more information on you and uh, set up virtual coaching connections and everything right there on the website. Yep. All right. And uh, we want to thank you for joining with us today on this edition of the Renewed You podcast. And uh, this will not be the last time that we have Miss Rush with us, but check out her website. Check out that book, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero. And keep working on yourself because the world deserves a renewed you. We'll see you next time on the Renewed You podcast.